Hey, welcome to another episode of Over Underrated. It is I, Fran, your co-host, doing the introduction to this Swedish edition. Um, I guess you could call it Sweden Part 2, because we've already discussed ABBA and Kent in a previous episode. For this week, we are joined by a guest, Escobar's Daniel Boquist. That's the English pronunciation. Daniel has his own YouTube channel where he reacts to his viewers' music choices. And I noticed on one stream that he said his favourite Swedish band was a band called The Tiny. And I thought to myself, is there a podcast where you can talk about an underrated act? So of course, I reached out to Daniel and he agreed to come on this podcast to discuss The Tiny and... As an overrated choice, I thought of maybe the Cardigans. So this episode is the Cardigans and the Tiny. And it was a joy to record. I made the Cardigans playlist and Danny made the Tiny playlist. And it's just, you know, interesting to be able to talk to uh, a musician that I discovered maybe 20 odd years ago. And now you can chat to them on your own podcast. How strange. And it's also great to discuss, you know, Swedish music. We didn't have time to mention a lot of the Swedish bands we wanted. Um, Babs is a big fan of the band The Whale, so check them out. And I've discovered bands like Vyark and uh, Border Daniel, to name a couple. Yeah, if you uh, enjoy this podcast, why not check out some other Swedish bands available? Enjoy the show. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. And welcome back to Over Underrated. It is I, Fran, and I'm with my co host, Babs. Hello, Babs. How are you doing? Greetings, Fran. I am good, thank you. Tomorrow I am heading back to your wonderful country with no political instability whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Glory, glory. I'm looking forward to who will be the leader of the UK next week. Yeah, exactly. My friends are joking that every time I come to the UK, there's going to be a new prime minister. So, you know, very exciting that this is turned into, you know, (laughs) I, I saw the Daily Star do a tweet where they put a picture of Rishi Sunak on a calendar and it was like, Prime Minister of the Month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm happy Santa Claus will take over by Christmas. But um, yeah, so what will you be doing in England? Uh, I will be going to some concerts. I'm going to go and see Art Brute and Tom Vec. Very excited about those. Both previously mentioned. Both previously mentioned on the podcast. Though Tom Vec, there will be a special episode on Tom Vec one (laughs) day, I hope. And I'm going to see some comedy as well. Spitter and Friends uh, with Kyle uh, Smith-Bino. So looking forward to that. How about yourself? What are you up to? Because you're, you're off somewhere, aren't you? You're off away from Bournemouth. Yeah, I'm going to Yorkshire for Halloween, which is obviously the home the classic of Halloween. destination. <laughs> <laughs> I have some gigs happening uh, in November, so I'm excited by that because it's the, uh, the pre-Christmas, uh, everyone wants to make money uh, gig season. So I'm going to see um, three or four bands. I'm seeing um, Plastic Mermaids and Placebo next month. Oh, very nice. Who are Plastic Mermaids? Plastic Mermaids are another band from the Isle of Wight who seem to be doing quite well recently. Um, they're kind of like the Flaming Lips, um, like some sort of like psychedelic indie. They're signed to Sunday Best, which is the Rob to Bank label. Um, mm-hmm. 
and on YouTube, um, Wet Leg used to be their backing vocalist sometimes. So oh, there we go. Okay, well, we but we are not alone to chat about our music no, no, endeavors. No. We have a guest today, so welcome to Daniel Belkvist. We hope that's the correct pronunciation. Thank <laughs> Hi, you, Daniel. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty accurate, I think. In Swedish, I would say Daniel Belkvist. Daniel. Ah, oh, okay. Daniel so, Belkvist. But in uh, in English, I say Daniel Belkvist. So yeah. I, I have similar because my I'm Portu- I'm of Portuguese origin. Oh, cool. My name in an English accent is Barbara Mendes George. Yeah. But it's actually Barbara Mendes George, so not oh, not as easy on the Barbara Mendes George. <laughs> I I love oh, uh, Portuguese. Excellent. I do love well, Portuguese. Oh, amazing. Beautiful language. Okay, we'll get into some Portuguese chat later. Yeah. <laughs> and and I can speak English. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you guys about the uh, the concept? Uh, I mean, the terms or whatever you use. Uh, use the overrated, underrated, and at first it's like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then I was thinking about it's like, okay, what does it actually mean to me? Uh, what do you guys think about you know the terms overrated and underrated? What, what does it mean to you? So I guess the whole idea of the podcast initially was to give like an audience to artists that people don't want to talk about it's like maybe the smaller more unheard artists yeah but we then thought if we're only doing a podcast about bands not heard of yeah. not many people may listen to it three four four i know if we have like the opposite smart idea then we can get more idea. so it doesn't mean that we think the cardigans are terrible no, but no, we no, know no, no. but we know the cardigans are a very popular band from sweden so it helped us you know ask the question yeah 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 no i get you i get you yeah because i was just thinking about like overrated bus because Underrated, I feel that's I don't to me it's just clearer. It's it's I mean underrated to me just means like I wish more people heard this band or whatever, you know? Yeah. And and I, that I like it is them. a bit more loose. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes, you know, like I've picked artists before that are very famous and I like, so I'm defending them. I'm saying like, yes, they're very popular. Mm-hmm. But it's deserved because they're that good. Oh yeah, yeah. And then other times we pick artists that are very famous, and we're like, yeah, why that? Why? Why are they famous? Yeah, I understand. You know? But um, yeah. So to me, yeah. it's like, um, I mean, I don't know what we're talking. It's maybe it's not important, but uh, to me, it's uh, the overrated thing. I guess you know, it's like people just like what they like. It's it's kind of simple, you know. It's uh, I mean, uh, it's just taste. So it's just personal thing, and I think we're kind of pre-programmed to like what we like you know uh, it's, yeah. it's uh, I think yeah. sometimes with uh, with especially with overrated we you know we talk about you know why why is this band more famous when say other bands of a diff- of a similar type sure. were not you know is it because they came out at a certain time yeah. and it was popular is it because they were just on a very good record label so it's not just like their music is shit or their music is no, no, it's no. kind of like yeah why you know what are the the reasons behind it cool um, so yeah actually with i don't know any of your opinions about the cardigan so yeah and we can we can wait until we of course get into it so uh so yeah i think that's nice but i, I think we can we can already pretty much safely say given that your underrated band has 720 monthly listeners on spotify that they are <laughs> underrated. <laughs> okay like, and the thing yeah. is with me I'm not the music knower, you know. I don't know any facts about any bands or anything. I don't know the members. I don't know anything about anything like that. To me, music is just—it's just about emotion, you know. It's um, since I do reactions now, I do talk a lot about, and I've sort of learned what I do like and what I don't like, you know. Before it's just like, okay, I like it or don't like. I don't care very much about, you know, 
the people in the band or what they do and what they believe. I don't care if it sounds good and feels good. It is good, you know. So I've liked everything from Slayer to Mariah Carey to, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, Backstreet Boys yeah. songs. And sometimes Avril Lavigne. Yeah. And I and I said Mariah Carey. That's actually a lie. I don't like Mariah Carey. But here we go. <laughs> but Daniel, I mean, you, I mean, you're, you're many things. You're a YouTuber. You're a musician. You're a fashion photographer. God, yes. Um, <laughs> well, I was, yeah. You, okay, you were a fashion photographer, but yeah, you, you're a man yeah. of many hats. But uh, you know, sure. you, your videos, you're reacting to to music. So, yeah, how much new music are you listening to on a on a daily basis? What have you been listening to recently that you've enjoyed? I have been reacting. My channel's been around for about a year, a little bit more than a year now, and uh, yeah, I've learned so much new stuff. For I mean, got to discover so much new stuff because I go off uh, recommendations uh, almost uh, only. Yeah, so I've learned. I've liked stuff that I didn't think I would like, and um, yeah, it's been a really nice nice ride and uh yeah the only new music i listen to is the thing that i react to mm. uh, i don't go searching for music anywhere um this is the way that i consume music now and i don't listen very much to music outside of uh of reacting so that's kind of my my music thing and it's such a diverse mix of music like we had like bollywood and then heavy metal and then 90s bubblegum pop yeah it's really varied yeah and i love it i love it. it it's fun you know because uh on the stream there's people from a lot of different countries and you know people from india pakistan and japan and you know all the european countries etc so yeah i love it just a crazy mix of things and uh you know super commercial and super indie and yeah it's fun i love it and he has a uh bopped a few of my requests thank you for those there you go yeah so it's called flopper bop and i say and i also you know try to say like a number between uh, one and ten what i think about a song uh and uh so f seven is the breaking point for a bop as uh, below seven it's a flop and seven and above is a bop and nine ten it's um it's a super bop i wonder if we have any super bops on today's podcast. Sure will, at least five. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, so today we're discussing Sweden. We have, as maybe overrated, we have the Cardigans, and Daniel has picked for underrated, the Tiny. So as per usual, we will discuss the overrated band first with the Cardigans. So Babs, tell me what you know and what your thoughts are about oh, the Cardigans. So... I first heard of the Cardigans when one of the songs on the playlist became an absolute global smash hit in 1996. And yeah, I will I will talk about it more then. And that song was everywhere. And for a few years, that's all I associated with the band. But then my favorite game and Erase Rewind, which are not on the playlist, came out. And I was a big fan of those songs. Um, I think, you know, I was nine when Love Fall came out. I would have, so I'd have been 11 when... My favorite game and Erase Rewind came up and actually having a proper rock band with a female lead singer was quite inspirational. I was trying to think like what other bands were so mainstream at the time that had that. Uh, I couldn't think of too many. And, uh, you know, I 
I followed their career a little bit. I really enjoyed Nina Pearson on Burning Down the House with Tom Jones. I think that's the better version. Although, as discussed on our Cardiff episode, not a fan of Your Love Alone is Not Enough, but that's not her fault. But I really didn't listen to much beyond those early, sorry, those late 90s hits. But in 2018, I discovered, thanks to you know dating on Spotify, I listened to all of Gran Turismo and I loved it. And mm-hmm. I saved quite a few songs off it. But I haven't really gone back to it yet so you know I loved it but maybe not enough to to go back to it so coming into this I didn't know whether I would be calling them overrated or not because you know they had a song that was definitely overplayed but then had a few good songs I didn't really know them in this millennium so yeah I'm coming in with as per usual an open mind how about you Fran well yeah I mean I remember seeing Love Fall for the first time on MTV and thinking this is this is like a a quirky weird like Euro indie song and I was in like shocked when suddenly it became the Romeo and Juliet song and it became like fucking massive but yeah it came at the same sort of time as like The Wanna Dies who also had that other one song which was played around the world constantly so yeah so I was kind of like shocked when I saw my favourite game like many people because it was a, a massive step in a different direction um with a fucking brilliant mm, video great video and I was like okay this band this band are not like the tree pop band I thought you know they, they've now got balls uh and <laughs> and and then I kind of got into them more as I went along I think in the noughties I really liked both their albums and I was shocked doing this podcast to find out that not many other people did um <laughs> I think like the the albums of the noughties are only like kind of hits in Sweden. I didn't realize they had really like dived down massively, um, especially in America. That was a shock. But yeah, like so I knew maybe six or seven songs. I didn't own any albums. So doing this research, I probably heard more cardigans than ever before. And uh, I won't let you know what I think yet. But uh, Daniel, you were around uh, were the cardigans an, a, an early inspiration for a, uh, a Swedish musician? or uh, Probably in the success department more than the music department. Uh, I don't think I mentioned, I don't know, maybe Babs mentioned that, uh, yes, my sort of, I guess, main thing in my life has been being the singer of the Swedish band Escobar. Yeah, so we were around uh, when they were big we saw them live at a uh, sort of theme park in uh, sweden called gröna lund and the sound was absolutely terrible mm. uh it sounded really really bad and uh, i don't know how much of it was the sound technician or the musicians themselves but it was bad the, the vocal didn't sound good either so but i as i said i am um, not gonna say probably if i'm a fan or not <laughs> i don't know if i should say it but uh <laughs> yes so, yeah, that's the thing. And, uh, yeah, another little story about us and uh, the Cardigans. I mean, you know, in Sweden, back in those days, all the sort of popular bands, I mean, sort of ha- hung out a bit, you know, in bars and parties and whatever else. So, And also the uh, girlfriend at the time of the guitar player song, uh, writer, I don't remember. Peter, Peter Svensson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, she was the presenter for MTV, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, she, uh, she, and she also played our first vi- ever video on MTV twice in a row, which was amazing. Nice. We won to the MTV Music Awards in Germany somewhere, uh, probably Cologne, and uh, and we were going with uh, Nina. 
so we rode the uh, what do you call it the limousine with her (laughs) and it was funny because you know what when we get out there you know they were so much bigger than us uh, more popular than us and so and she I mean looked amazing you know it's like glittery dress whatever she had on you know she looked fantastic and we came out like behind her you know like three indie guys with, like small secondhand leather jackets you know <laughs> like like too much hair and you know so we just you know everybody every, all the photographers like nina 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 we're like yeah what about us you know <laughs> and uh and our drummer said yeah they, they probably think we're the we're the guys from the company come to like refill the chocolate <laughs> the chocolates for the for the guests so yeah it was fun and then yeah the cool thing was that she knew the dudes from rem so Ooh. we and her were hanging out in their like backstage area or whatever uh, so that was cool did um the cardigans um choosing to sing in english i think more uh bands of the era chose to sing in english to follow their success or was that just happening anyway because of ABBA, et cetera, rock set? Yeah, I think uh, for me, I mean, I wanted to be a rock star when I was a kid and I saw Kiss. Uh, in, I mean, I loved the uh, I loved the band Kiss. And, uh, you know, it's it was always just natural. I mean, a few years like into our career, someone said, you know, I sort of was singing in Swedish and I had never thought about it ever. It, wow. it, it, yeah, it, it wasn't at all on the map it's just like because i feel i don't know probably just you know if you sing in swedish you get sweden and denmark and norway but if you sing in english you get the world so i mean why this is uh, the belgian tension uh you know because i i live in belgium and th- there is a bit of a yeah. regional divide as well because most of the flemish i dutch speaking brands sing in english but actually mm-hmm. stromae and angel are now huge superstars singing mostly in french which is really Oh. which is really surprising so uh, yeah I, I find that surprising because you would think that Flemish bands singing in English means that they would be very big in other areas and you know we talk often about Deus and, and Millionaire for example as examples of more mm-hmm. successful bands but actually I think the real superstar pop stars that have come out of Belgium have been Stromae and Angel singing in French although there is now Charlotte Adigéry who sings in English so mm. it's yeah it's always interesting to see that yeah yeah cool Overrated. When I was deciding on the uh, playlist, um, I kind of thought I would pick a song from each era of the Cardigan. So I've got from most of the albums, apart from their first ever album, which is called Emmerdale. And I thought that was just a coincidence because Emmerdale is a crap uh, English soap opera set in Yorkshire. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I thought yeah. and I thought, oh it must be something in Sweden. Because like why would we call their album Emmerdale? But it turns out that Nina's mum or grandma would watch Emmerdale in Sweden. Oh yeah. And yeah, I yeah. thought it's in se- why the hell is Emmerdale being shown in Sweden of all things? It was huge. Like, how- really? Oh yeah 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 in Sweden it's called Hem till Gården which means home to the farm or home to the yeah home to the farm. <laughs> So it's yeah, yeah. It was huge when I was a kid. My my grand. Big event EastEnders or like other big sitcoms. Uh, sitcoms. Yeah, EastEnders. Uh, I don't even know if people in Sweden are, have watched that. That's mad. I think that's gonna shock a lot of people. So yeah, so they made their first album, Emmerdale, in uh, 1994, and like initially, uh, Peter Svensson and uh, Marcus uh, Magnus were into a heavy metal, and then they completely changed the sound and went down the pop route, and then Nina was just a friend. 
And then after one day, just try <laughs> I loved reading about that, where she was like, yeah, I came from a really boring place. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll hang out with these guys. I actually wanted to do art. I'm like, fair play, Nina. You adapted to your circumstances. <laughs> Not a bad uh, route to success, is it? Yeah, go on then. I'll give it a try. I then became one of the biggest people in the world. <laughs> so yeah, so the first um, album was written by Magnus and Peter. And uh, yeah, the first hit was Rise and Shine. But um, the first song I'm going to... Uh, discuss is from their last album which is the title's far too long i need some fine wine and you you need to be nice there we go yeah i mean that's a that's a long <laughs> title this is from their 2005 final album super extra gravity <laughs> and i think this is co-written with uh, nina's husband uh, nathan larson who's also from a camp as well but yeah for, for me personally like it's got that weird sliding guitar intro which i love um, it's got this driving verse comes out of nowhere. Uh, Nina hasn't sounded more cool on a record, I think. I love to see it, that sort of thing, <laughs> dark thing. Um, yeah, regarding the lyrics, you know, uh, is it about loving someone whilst when you're drunk? Is that what it is? I'm trying to work out. <laughs> she like see prefers him when it's foggy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's got. Awesome layers of percussion, and I love ending a song with Bad Dog. But yeah, I was sh- sh- shocked that this wasn't a big hit because I remember the video was amazing. And like, doing, yeah, looking back at it, this was only like a hit in Sweden and elsewhere, it just didn't get anywhere, which is, I find, I find irritating. But, um, Babs, have you heard a song before? I had not, but I wanted to say the title because I love the title and I think it's very evocative. I think the title already tells you what it's going to be about because it's a couple on the verge. You know, she needs some good wine and he needs to stop being a prick. You know, that's definitely how I read it. You know, she talks about, I'm a pit bull, you're a dog, you're foul and clear conditions. Like, whoa, okay. This is, this is, I feel like a long-term relationship or someone reaching the seven year itch uh, to me anyway. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the beginning as well. I've written very similar notes to you, Fran. The beginning of the guitar and the bass licks and then her kind of vocals coming in and out. And yeah, I think it's, it's one of those where if it came on the radio, I wouldn't switch it off. But you know me, Fran, when something's on the edge of melody, being very melodic, I'm like, oh, so the guitars are maybe a bit too jangly for me and the chorus goes a bit too melodic, but especially the the intro, the verses and that that very evocative ending of sit, I really enjoyed. In the documentary, which is a, a Swedish documentary, um, subtitles, thank God, um, it's interesting. So when Peter writes the songs, he also writes his own lyrics oh. and then gives it to Nina. And then Nina then has to try and ignore everything he's written and make her own lyrics but he but peter says he finds easier to write a song whilst singing something Mm -hmm. so he just puts down like any sort of lyric he can think of but she had that line before the song so she always wanted to say that line so that's how it worked in but um yeah daniel have you heard the song before i have not heard the song before uh you said this was from 2005 Mm -hmm. yes the final album yeah no i don't heard it uh i haven't as I said, you know, listen to the radio for many years. Uh, I don't know how many years, but many years. Uh, so I guess that's where I would have heard it. Uh, 2005, uh, I don't remember. Maybe that's when I got sober. I don't know. But so if not, I was probably busy drinking. <laughs> uh, I, I had not heard it before. And uh, I have written down a few things here. I said, I like her voice. <laughs> I mean, that, that goes throughout, right? I think... People talk about Nina's voice all the time with good reason. She does have an amazing voice. Yeah, it's very um, 
I don't know. It it has a very uh, unique tone to it that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, I don't assume that she is or was uh, the best, but uh, to me, that doesn't really matter. What matters is, you know, what you can portray. If you can, you know, get give some feelings out, make me feel some chills or something. Um, so yeah, I wrote also the chords in the chorus or bridge. I don't remember. I think it is the the bridge. I mean, uh, it depends on how we talk about bridge. Some people say bridge is the part after. Uh, chorus two uh, before the last chorus and but I say bridge is between the verse and the chorus yeah, same, same, same. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and okay cool yeah uh, I know it's been some confusion when I talk to some American people but yeah so and the and the bit late is what I call the yes. part yes. F. yeah okay cool uh, so yeah so I'd say chords in the I think bridge then are great and they are like Jeremy Spencer band uh, song called traveling that I really really like uh, so yeah, production's pretty nice. I wrote as well. <laughs> it's um Tor Johansson, I think. I think he he produced all of the albums apart from uh Long Gone Before Daylight because they wanted to go Americana and he didn't enjoy that direction. Mm, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think he has his own studio um, outside of Malmo. Yeah, exactly. We uh since uh since the Cardinals were so uh, popular and um successful a lot of people came to that studio i know people from japan came to that studio just to photograph exactly how he had you know all the knobs oh, were wow. turned so they would get the exact same sound as him you know it's like a straight copy and uh, yeah they're in that uh, locale or um, building there is a, a little side studio with another producer that we went down to try to record parts of our i guess second album maybe uh, but uh, yeah, we did not end on beautiful terms. But I've been in the oh. neighborhood, so yeah. <laughs> I love all the rock and roll stories you're hinting at, Daniel. I love this limousine with Nina falling out at the studio. We're, we're going to get into it, I think. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so um, yeah, is that a, a bop or super bop? Oh, definitely not a super bop. But I actually wrote bop and oh, okay. gave it a 7 out of 10. Babs, are you bopping it or...? Uh, ooh, I feel like it's borderline. No, I, I'd say probably not a bop. I, I, if I had to rate it, yeah, wait, let's rate this. Why, why not? I, I would say it's 5.5. Check mm. out the video. The video may enhance okay. it for you. Okay, yeah. I will. That's pretty low, 5.5. Uh, <laughs> I uh, actually, me personally, I don't know. I found the whole dog thing a little bit... Um, in Swedish, we call it effect suck and the... Uh, in the English, uh, it's called what do you call it when you're you're looking for a, an effect? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, like, like a, a hook to drive people in. A gimmick, a gimmick, a gimmick. A gimmick, yeah, because a hook is cool, but a gimmick, yeah, it just gets a little cheesy sometimes. So moving backwards to 2003, long gone before daylight, which was the first album after the mega album Grand Turismo. I think there's like a five year wait. And yeah, I, I think this may have shocked a lot of people because the band came back with dyed long black hair and singing a whole different way with like a, a, a more country Americana kind of vibe. I loved it, but no one else I knew liked it. Um, and I've chosen You're the Storm because I've always thought the chorus is fucking fantastic. Um, I think it was a, a top 10 single in Sweden, but unfortunately not outside 
of that country. And reading the press, everyone's obsessed with Nina's hair colour more than anything oh, else. <laughs> it's all about Nina dyeing her hair. Seems to be the most important thing about that album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, like I said, they, they changed her producer for the first time um, because they wanted to try the, a new direction. I can imagine Aha doing the song. I'm, I'm an Aha fan. It's got that, I can imagine it being a beautiful string led uh, uh, belter. I love the uh, acoustics over the keyboards and yeah it uh it melts my heart a little bit babs is, you're gonna hate this so yeah go. I, I was gonna say it turns my heart into a block of stone I'm afraid. i uh yeah let's just get through this so uh because yes daniel as you will see if something's a bit too melodic or oh, it's not for me so the, the second this started i thought oh no <laughs> because is it i don't know what kind of pipe it is at the beginning um, but that coupled with the very twee acoustic guitars, I was like, mm. I will say I disliked it less on re-listen and the mm. chorus is definitely one of those kind of catchy ones. But yeah, when I read that the band had gone with a mellower country flavored record, I thought, ah, this is why, yeah, not, not my kind of thing. But I, I like the lyrics. I think they're very much the opposite of Declare Independence by Bjork, because I, I don't know if you know that song, but in it, Bjork goes, declare independence, don't let them do that to you, raise your flag. Well, this is, come raise your flag upon me, and if you want me, I'm your country, if you win me, I'm forever, oh yeah. <laughs> so, not not my cup of tea, but I will say that, like I said, I, I had a very negative initial reaction, but then on, on re-listening, I was like, okay, I, I can see where you're coming from with the chorus, especially. I guess it was kind of a, a brave move that's kind of backfired mm. because I guess they never got back the ground they had previously um, from this album. But Daniel, this is 2003. Okay, Memories. then I was definitely drunk <laughs> and uh, drunk on my own success as well and thinking I was the shit. So yeah, <laughs> I've never listened to a Cardigan's album on purpose. I wrote down some stuff here. I wrote pretty nice verse pretty nice chorus as well i think the doubled voice in the chorus takes some personality and power out of the song weird pronunciation of country <laughs> production pretty nice 7.5 and a bop is that her maybe trying to sound a bit american i'm your country on purpose maybe i don't know i think it just uh, if i remember it was like country or something as she's a bit weird. Yeah, I, I just love the chorus, but I guess I'm wrong. So I would say it's a bop. You're not wrong. I love the chorus too. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm in the minority as per you. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but as, as, I, as I listened to it the other day, and I've been singing it today before this, I've just been going around, oh, no, 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 no. And then my wife joined in as well. So yeah, I, I, oh, beautiful. Nice. I think the chorus is very, very strong. I just think um, with the doubled vocals, it just like uh, smooths it out a little bit too much. It would be more personality in it if it was a single vocal or, a, yeah. Do you think that she has enough power in her voice to deliver that, maybe? Yeah, right about that. No, you're probably right. I've not heard it live. I don't, I don't know if she can perform it. I haven't heard it. Oh, maybe I have heard it live. I don't know. But no, <laughs> probably not. Well, yeah, Daniel, you <laughs> talked about your kind of live experience with the Cardigans. Fran, have you seen them live or not? No, I know. I guess I won't. I, I know they're kind of still touring occasionally, but I know uh, Peter has left the band, so it's not the full Cardigans experience. But I believe they do like anniversary shows occasionally um, in Sweden. Hmm. Uh, can I just ask you, Babs? You said you don't like melodies. Is that true? Well, I mean, yeah. what did you say when it gets too <laughs> melodic, what does it mean? So yeah, I think if if things, it, it's strange. Basically, if things are too much in a major key or 
it sounds very anthemic, kind of hands in the air stadium rock. I'm slightly allergic yeah. to, to to things okay, like that. Okay, cool. So yeah, because you're the storm, I think sounds heroic you know yeah Yo, that's that's a new word heroic I, sounds too heroic i'm like no this isn't a uh i don't know like a, a lord of the rings or a you know some kind of epic tv show not interesting yeah i think i've mentioned this before but it's i i struggle more with rock that sounds melodic than with out and out mm -hmm. pop i think when it comes to guitars i just like something a bit more edgy and crunchy i understand so you don't like u2 and coldplay or anything like that i like the first two coldplay albums and i like early well no no i like quite a broad range of u2 but i i mean with u2 i dip in and out yeah i, mm. I would go and see them but uh but yeah i've seen them live uh and i've actually stolen uh spirits from them <laughs> <laughs> What era? what era were you two it was um mm, it was in stockholm the stockholm globe they had stereophonics as a as a support 2000 may have been like a, their comeback album with like a beautiful day on it yeah yeah beautiful day i think that was yeah, the yeah. the hit of the i love that song by the way and yep. uh yeah so we were there we watched the show it was absolutely amazing afterwards we went with them to um party at this place called cafe opera in Sweden, used to be like in the 80s, it was like super glamorous, you know, like all the Bjorn Bori or, you know, people like that hanging out, tennis player. And uh, yeah, so we went there and uh, it was, yeah, I was super drunk. Uh, and uh, yeah, they photographed uh, Bono on the uh, front on the table there. So like my drunk head was like my big indie hair was like in the <laughs> picture. I could say that's my hair, you know. And uh, yeah, and I talked a little bit, few words to him. And when I left, I stole a bottle of uh, gin, I think, put it inside my jacket and jumped out the, off the, wherever <laughs> we were, over the fence. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I will I will see if I can find this photo. And if I do, I will definitely be using it to promote this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to uh, the more sweet years of the cardigans not the rock and roll years to the mid 90s with their first hit rise and shine which i believe was the first thing they recorded and then they recorded and he recorded it so this is the 1995 version of life which i think is like their first european released album where they mix uh, songs old and new and yeah i think uh Carnival is also from this album. I had heard this before because when I got into the Cardigans, I wanted to hear what else they had done. And this song put me off because it's too sickly sweet for me. I think they said they're influenced by like the Sundays and the Smiths with like the jangly guitar playing. But I found Nina's voice far too uh, succulent sweet. And the chorus was from like a commercial, rise and shine. And I couldn't handle it. But like lyrically, the lyrics are kind of like, dark and bleak it does not match the song at all what are they about because i actually didn't look them up no it's like I, I want to see the wounded moon it will all be gone by tomorrow oh. rise and shine it's like what <laughs> so yeah it doesn't make any sense but i guess it's written by the two heavy metal guys so i guess they, they, they couldn't get out of their heavy metal uh, uh cloud i guess but yeah for me not the best uh, cardigans, although I know they became like massive in Japan, and they said they were they sold more albums in Japan this year than Madonna and Michael Jackson. Wow, 
because yeah, because they thought Nina was like a, like a doll. They just you know they, they loved the cutesiness. I guess that's why Daniel said that Japanese people came to the studio because they adored the yeah, cardigans. They but, were huge in Japan. But yeah, Babs, had you heard a song before? I hadn't heard this song before. Um, and yeah, you might be surprised to hear that I actually preferred this to "You're the Storm." Like it is, it oh, is, wow. it is very cutesy, <laughs> but there, it's it is quite catchy. Like "You're the Storm," I it's kind of like I had to give in. I was like, fine, it's catchy. With this, like it just took me. It took me on board immediately, even though I do find the chorus a bit repetitive. And yeah, have you seen the album cover of this album? It's very mm. strange because I, I think when you think of you know cardigans going along, like Loveful, okay, yeah, there's something maybe a little bit kind of teenage angst about it, but they're a very kind of striking band. And then Gran Turismo, they're a very kind of moody band. This is like a, a dog and it's blurry and someone's throwing a ball very... Very strange. I, 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 kitsch, kitsch is yeah, how kitsch, a bit but in out of focus kitsch. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dying to listen to it again anytime soon. But uh, I think it would be a great soundtrack for yeah, a children's TV show or a breakfast show. Definitely, rise and shine. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, do you remember the song? I do. And this is actually a song that I like oh. by the Cardigan. And yeah, I love childlike uh, women's voices. Out of context, that sounds. <laughs> We're just gonna pick that uh, up. Oh. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's. I. I didn't mind the fact that it was childlike. She sounds yeah, very innocent and nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, through my um, channel. I've learned a lot about Polish music because there's a lot of uh, Polish people on my live streams mm -hmm. and who have watched my reactions. So I've reacted to a lot of Polish music. Found a lot of good stuff. There's one artist called Sana. S A N A. H <laughs> and uh, yeah she's uh, yeah love her voice and her music but anyway uh, I've written some stuff down about Rise and Shine and I will let you know what it says right now I like her catchphrase yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah okay so I wrote down typical Swedish 90s indie sound Astro Gilberto like voice I like it because Astro Gilberto is one of my favorites happy and nice production is kind of weak but in a nice indie way 7.6 and a bop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would say a flop for me, Babs. Uh, I think what's what's below it's seven is below, below a flop here. Yeah, below seven is a flop, yeah. A, a flop for me as yeah, well. Exactly. But uh, I liked um I liked the wine song more, so let's say I give this one five. I'll give it a five point five. Um so moving on to the most known song we mentioned earlier from 1996 first A Band on the Moon. Good title. Uh, we have Love 4. This was a top five in UK, USA. I think top five in Australia and many other countries. It doesn't sound anything like what you expect a, a big pop single would be. A bit like the You and Me song by The One and Dies. It's got an unexpected verse compared to the chorus. But yeah, it became ridiculously big which kind of puts me off a little bit for me maybe because i've heard it too much um but yeah i think this the phrase love me love me save her just get in my head for like a week and <laughs> i wasn't happy about it so for me and if i heard heard it maybe three times i would liked it but after hearing it so many times i as soon as I hear the opening sound, I have to turn off, unfortunately. <laughs> but Bows, yeah, I thoughts? totally understand because this is a song I only started appreciating in recent years precisely because of that. I, I was living in the UK in 96 and it was 
everywhere because yeah also that's when Leonardo DiCaprio started becoming huge and then Titanic mm. and yeah it definitely would have been you know a school disco song it was yeah absolutely overplayed to death and yeah I think that if I had only known the cardigans for this song I would have been like 1000% overrated but with a bit of distance I I never appreciated how there's this quite cheeky bass and how well it works with these I call them sort of harp synths um and there's you know mm. there's even a distorted guitar in the in the in the verses you know it's a bit like 70s lounge room kind yeah. of like sex club what i read from from wikipedia so she she wrote the lyrics to this at an airport <laughs> she said mm. that the song is quite a sad love song the meaning of it is quite pathetic really and that the and that the biggest hits are the easiest to write and she said that at the beginning it was a slower song and more boss, bossa nova but that the band thought it had a potential commercial appeal and then their um their drummer started playing a disco beat and that's why it then evolved into into what it was but they they say i mean i haven't heard to the album and maybe you have they say that it's an outlier like a freak on the album it doesn't sound like anything mm. else so you know having listened to all these other songs where you know you're reminded of gran turismo and that kind of edgier sound then the country sound i mean yeah, are the cardigans always in search of what their sound is? Is that always kind of in question? Yeah, I don't know. In the documentary, I think Nina says that with this album, they wanted to move away from the cutesy mm-hmm. sound. And this song came out and everyone thought this was the sound again and it kind of hurt the album oh, because okay. Evan expected the album to be more of this and it isn't. I think, it was, is it Bean It was their next uh, single, which was kind of a, a flop for them, which happens to a lot of bands, unfortunately. <laughs> Daniel? Yes. Were you were you into Love Fool or was it too much for you? Sure as hell wasn't <laughs> into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wrote down a few things about Love Fool <laughs> and here we go. Uh, the first thing I wrote was, I hate this song. I hate the chords. I hate the production. I wrote pointless, weak, pointless disco funk, 2.7 flop. Yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah, this this is one of my hate songs. Uh, it, yeah, I, this is just not for me. It's just what I sometimes refer to as a nothing burger. <laughs> <laughs> With cheese or no cheese? Nothing. <laughs> So I did pick a song from their biggest album, uh, 1998 Gran Turismo. Um, I didn't choose the two big hits because I kind of thought we've all heard them many, many times. I chose their other single, uh, which is Hanging Around, which got to top 20 in the UK, but I don't remember the song at all. Um, The video is kind of like uh, a remake of Polanski's Repulsion. Love that movie. Yep, it's like a black and white. Nina's got like a white blonde wig running around. I think they've been influenced by maybe like garbage, and it's got a little bit of placebo. Every me, every you to the verses. And the production, I guess, to me is very much garbage. The outro is probably the heaviest I've ever heard the Cardigans. It's got almost like a kind of industrial sounding drums to it. This is kind of uh, uh, a surprise. But my only issue is I think the chorus isn't good enough. I think the verse is interesting, but the chorus doesn't really deliver what I think it, it should have. Um, but Babs, do you remember this song? No, I don't remember this song from the time, but I do remember this song from when I listened to Gran Turismo and it was one of the ones that I saved. Mm. I actually love everything about it. Uh, I, I love, it starts with, I've called it the synth sandpaper sounder that kind of goes goes throughout the song. I quite enjoy that, how the guitars come 
in and out and yeah, at the beginning for a while until the um, the bass and drums comes in it's just yeah the sandpaper the guitars and her voice and it's a bit more minimalistic which I enjoy and the I, I find the chorus uncomfortable but in a good way because her voice is almost droning like hanging around mm. and then you know in um what is it the the storm song that's got you're the storm I think there's a key change and it goes up here I don't know if it's a key change I'm not good enough for that but it shifts down, which is so unusual in a song, you know, in the second part of the chorus, it goes down. I think it's it's so original. And even though I knew the song from, from back in the day and I, I remember liking it immediately, it again took me a couple of listens to be to kind of get the measure of the song. And yeah, it's ominous, not chirpy, not twee. I much prefer the side of the cardigan. It's a bop, 8.5. <laughs> Daniel, yes. were you a fan of this? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> I've never heard the song before. Uh, so now I've heard it twice. I listened to it once in full and then a little bit before here so that we I could, you know, remember what it was. So, yeah, I wrote down a little, little bit here. Uh, weak verse, bad intro, weak chorus, production post-grunge so-so, <laughs> boring, no clue why it exists, like the keyboard chords in the end. Flop. So, so thumbs up all round. <laughs> yeah. No idea. No, no idea what existed. Oh, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm. Yeah. I said it's a flop and four point six. I don't remember it now, really in my head. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I, I just don't get it. And I just. I get. And and as always, I mean, uh, I probably haven't said it through this um, uh, stream here, but yes, of course, it's all about personal personal preference, our own taste. It has nothing to do with. There is no good or bad in reality. It's just what we think of it. And uh, yeah, this this is just my feeling for it. A lot of people love it, obviously. Oh, so. yeah. yeah, I feel bad for disliking Love Fool so much. But, you know, I got to yeah, keep but... it real. That's what my that's what my channel is built on. And uh, yes, I'm sure the Cardigans doesn't love yeah. all the songs I've ever written. So, you know, I'm sure the fact that it bought from all, all the house uh, means they'd be fine with it. And Gran Turismo yeah, sold, <laughs> sold 3 million copies. I mean, that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to the the question. Babs, the cardigans, are they over or underrated? So this is a bit of a difficult one for me because I obviously went to look at the Spotify stats. They have 4.6 million monthly listeners and they've sold 15 million albums worldwide. So they're unquestionably a massive band, one of the biggest Swedish bands in the world. Based on their entire discography, yes, I would say they're overrated. I think, you know, I Need Some Fine Wine was the only kind of new song that I was a bit intrigued by in, in your playlist but I think Gran Turismo is a great album so if it was just you know just on Gran Turismo no 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 not overrated but in their whole discography yes I, I think they are and I, I just think I do like that darker edgy sound of the cardigans and I will just kind of carry on listening to that it, you know it's it's been a while since I listened to Gran Turismo as a whole album and I listened to it again and really enjoyed it so if you're more, yeah, if you're more on my side when listening to this playlist, then I definitely recommend checking that out. I think the Cardigans will say themselves that Gran Turismo is more them than any other period, mm. which is why this is the only album they play to this day. Oh, right. I think that all of the bands still enjoy it more than other parts of, of their catalogue. Um, so, Daniel, mm -hmm. over underrated Cardigans, what are your final thoughts of the band? I've written down uh, 7.5 as a band. Oh, uh, for me, and uh, yeah, it's a bop. Yeah, as I we talked a little bit about before, uh, and uh, yeah, 
I I don't know. You know, overrated is uh, like a hard term for me, I guess. If 15 million people or whatever they had uh, every month uh, uh, like to listen to them, I mean, that's great. I mean, who am I to say like, no, you know, there's something <laughs> wrong with it or whatever. So, no. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, do they deserve their success? Yeah, I think they do. You know, they deserve their success. Absolutely. Is it for me all the way? No, definitely not. But uh, yeah, they're a good band with some pretty good songs. Do you think that met their success helped other bands around the time in Sweden? I noticed there are bands like The One and Dice, for example, and um, The Motor Homes, and then The Highs, and then there seem to be more indie bands in Sweden coming, coming through. Before the Cardigans, the only bands I knew from Sweden were all pop bands. It's Ace of Bass and, you know, okay. it, was, it was rock set. I didn't know any indie bands. No, and no. Then I, when I started to, to discover them in the late, late 90s, I don't know if that was because of the Cardigan success helped open up the music to other people or... People like uh, Cardigans and the Wannadies were more mm-hmm. of those opening up for other people. And uh, funnily enough, the Wannadies were the first band that we ever toured with as a band. We were supporting them in the fall of 99 and we just released our first uh, single then. So, yeah, it was fun. And I was supposed to see the Wannadies in England this month, but uh, mm. because of Brexit, they had to cancel their UK tour apart from one gig. Because oh. they couldn't, they couldn't get visas and stuff through, so it's been delayed for another year. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Wanna Dies again because it's been 22 years since I last saw them. Yeah, I didn't know they were still around, and uh, they lived in the UK at the time when when we toured with them. So, are they nice guys? Oh, fantastic! My God, fantastic people. And uh, we were young uh, on our first tour, uh, assholes, <laughs> but they were fantastic. And it was fun because uh, uh, I don't know if you mind a little story about we it. We love stories. Yeah. Bring it on, Daniel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it was fun. Uh, we uh, basically thought that we were the shit. Uh, and yeah, our egos were out of control. Uh, we were still nice to them. I mean, of course, I mean, and we really respected them, you know, and um, all those things. And we hung out a lot and partied a lot, you know, but it was fun because uh, every night on stage they have a song. I don't know what the song is called, really. It's like, uh, I don't know what the song is called, but in the uh, lyrics, uh, Per, the singer sings like, he, he looks himself in the mirror, the character looks himself in the mirror and says, God damn. That's one handsome man. And he said he dedicated that song to me every 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 show. This one's for Daniel and that's the one. Googling for lyrics now, please. Perhaps I'll find out what song that is. <laughs> on it. So, on yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with my out of control ego, I thought it was uh, perfect. So yeah, a lot of fun. Um, that song is called I Love Myself. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that was dedicated to me. That was funny. Oh, that is very funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, personally, I think, yeah, the Cardigans, I think, have maybe half a dozen decent songs. I was shocked to find out they have sold so many albums around the world. They were they were so, so big in the late 90s. And yeah. I mean, that, that that's more than Talking Heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's mad. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, yeah but- that's how big they got. What was the rock of the time? You know, it, it was Britpop, uh, but the Cardigans had this kind of, yeah, pop rock style that really fit the time because my favourite yeah. game and Erase Rewind, I would say they're not your classic pop bops, right? Sorry, Dan, I'm just no. just using your terminology here. Um, ah, go ahead. <laughs> um, and yet they, they really resonated, I think. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, you know, it's always, uh, and I think you mentioned it, Babs, there, that maybe at the time there wasn't that many bands with a cool uh, female singer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which, uh, yeah, you know, anything anything you have that's sort of, I guess, special around the time, I mean, it's always a good hook. And, uh, yeah, of course, they had a lot of quality, too. So, yeah, yeah. but, yeah, yeah I mean, it all yeah. counts. It all counts. Yeah, it's probably just, you know, what, Alaska and garbage I can think of. I mean, of, and honestly, that time. When, when I started mm. getting more into rock, I was desperate, desperate to see bands, you know, led by women or even shock majority women or all women. And I mean, it's still it's still not so so mainstream this, these days. I mean, now now at the Internet, I can go on the Internet and type in like top top 10 female fronted bands in Atlanta or whatever it is and, and yeah. come back with a list. But uh yeah, I think Nina, I mean, she's obviously also gorgeous. So I think she's someone who, in a very heteronormative way, the boys were in love with and the girls wanted to be, right? So that's a winning formula. Hey, podcast lovers. Now available, a new podcast experience featuring exclusive miniseries like Food Faves and all new series that takes a fun look at everyone's real first true love, food. Milky Way Marvels, a lighthearted astronomy series where we explore the fascinating wonders of our galaxy. Pop culture icons, an entertaining, nostalgic look back at various nouns in popular culture, plus more. Relax, enjoy, listen, laugh, and maybe even learn. Podcast, presented by Sonic Embassy. Now streaming everywhere you listen. Access quick links to your favorite places to listen now at solo.to slash Sonic Embassy. Underrated. Welcome back to part two. And this time we're going to be talking about our underrated pick from Daniel. And we're discussing the Swedish band from Stockholm, The Tiny. So, uh, Daniel, would would you want to uh, introduce your band to us and why you chose them? I can introduce them. I don't know much about them. I mean, I they used to be sort of uh, acquaintances of ours. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I discovered them, I guess, live, I think. I was at some live club, whatever, and I found them. A uh, long time ago, and yeah, I chose them. There's my, they're my favorite Swedish band uh, group ever. Uh, I love their sound, and I love the mood, and uh, yeah, they're interesting. They are quite on the opposite spectrum of, of me because I think they met and formed in like music schools, like the more higher end music schools here, I guess. They're very, very good at their instruments. and uh, But they haven't let that go off into some, what I call when it comes to guitars, guitar wanking. <laughs> uh, I don't like instrumentalism when it just goes, it's more for the person playing than the person listening. Noodling, I don't like that. Right. Noodling, okay, yeah. cool. I don't know that. Yeah. Were they signed to your labels at V2 uh, for Tiny? Yes, as far as I'm aware, yes. They were signed to V2, the same label as uh, we were back in the day. I love her voice so much. Uh, the singer is called Elle Kari. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, the whole thing reminds me of Björk, Kate Bush, Stina Nordenstam. Yeah, Def yeah, definitely. And I read that she was going to be a professional ice skater until she had an, an injury at the age of 14 oh. that stopped her going down that route. Didn't know that. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, Leo Svensson uh, went to the Royal Academy of Music. As you said, yeah, he's a very mm. professional musician um, on, on cello. 
but yeah, and yeah, yeah, is it yeah, Johan? This is my terrible Swedish. Uh, Berfling, Johan Berfling on the uh, the double bass. Yeah, 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 and they've released like three albums. I think one album V two, then two on their own label. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah, in the UK, nothing at all. I found maybe five songs scattered across YouTube. Yeah. And that is all I have. Uh, I found like one interview from like 2006, and that was it. It was hard, hard to find out about uh, the time. Yeah. Do you guys know the Swedish, uh, Norwegian actually, but living in Sweden, used to live in Sweden at least, uh, artist Anne Brun. Yes. Heard yes, of, I've but heard don't, of. Know, don't know her music. Yeah, she's great, uh, and she's good friends with the Tiny, and I think uh, one or two of the albums were actually on her own label. Determina uh, okay. or something like that? Exactly, yeah. yes. Could it, could it be, because they have their own band camp, are they wanting people to avoid the streaming services and to actually buy direct Or do they just them? hate Daniel Maybe. Eck with a passion? It could be that as well. Yes, or they hate... <laughs> I don't know anything about those their thoughts mm. on those things, but I do know one of the songs that I uh, was thinking of when uh, choosing the songs for this list was uh, the cover that they did of that uh, Everything is Free Now. And that, that is about, I think, the whole Napster whole thing came out. Uh, yeah, because it's, yeah, it's about that, I think. Sort of a protest, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it, it was a it was a struggle to find uh, anything. Uh, I found maybe like one review, um, and that was and that was the second album, strangely. But yeah, um, Babs. Well, you sent me an interview in French and a video in English with subtitles in French, so I think maybe they had some more success in in France. But yeah, on in Belgium. So the only thing on Spotify is My Mother AP and their 2020 single, which I think is called Dog Eat Dog, and that's it. And ironically. When you go onto their website, I didn't go into their band camp. Everything but the My Mother EP <laughs> is available. So I was like, okay, yeah, clearly there's some differences. But I was thinking that sometimes artists don't realize, you know, when and where their music is available. Because I've talked about this before, but Tom Vec, who I really like, he didn't... So in Belgium, for some reason, only his third album was on streaming services. And when he released mm -hmm. his fourth album, someone commented on his Instagram post, oh, you know, great, hope it's on Spotify because your other two albums are not in Colombia. And I, I jumped in and I was like, yeah, in Belgium also not. And he had no idea. So he had to go and kind of talk to his, his record label. So yeah, I do wonder if it's, it's a question of that. Yeah, it's the same for us as well. You know, people are always saying like, oh yeah, you know, uh, your this and this album is not in the US mm. or on Spotify. Or it's not so in what the do UK you, what do you do in that situation, Daniel? Do you kind of harass someone at a record label or, you know, do you have a contact uh, at Spotify? Uh, I just uh, sign and reply, <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as Jeremy says in the peep show. <laughs> no, I just, I, just, uh, I just say, oh, that's too bad and move on uh, because it's such a mess since we were on V2 records v2 records was bought by emi universal universal probably the whole catalog and then it's been all around and you know people have been saying yeah this your songs are now owned by that and i i don't i have no clue uh, i know sony owns uh, our first three albums but apart from that i have no clue so i don't know who owns what so it's just a mess yeah yeah and like on spotify it's like random singles from the first two albums. Oh. And then you have all of the albums from your third album onwards. Yeah, it's, it's very, very strange. It's weird. Daniel, would you like to introduce your first song? Sure, let's go for it. Uh, I can say a few things maybe that I wrote down about the band first. I just, except for that, I think the voice is a 10 and, and like Björk, Kate Bush, Tina Lodenstam, 
type. Uh, I think their instrumentation is a 10. I love that they have the double bass and the cello and her keyboard. You know, I think it's, uh, I don't know, Rhodes or Wurlitz or something, but yeah. And organs as well. Love that stuff. So the first song is called Closer. I just wrote a few things. I just wrote incredibly beautiful off-pitch cello sounds, which I like. Blue notes kind of a thing. And um, yeah, to me, uh, their songs, it's it's much, much more about, I guess, the sound and the mood than the songs themselves. Uh, you know, it's not like, oh, yeah, this catchy chorus or anything. It's more just they just bring me into their world and I love being there. So it's more more like that than details about songs in general for me so yeah with this song specifically i think differently about different songs with this song i wrote mm -hmm. i can appreciate that they create a great atmosphere with only a few tools but it didn't do that much for me this song particularly but i imagine that live it's impressive did you manage to see the video for this or check out youtube i i did not but i saw that it was used in an episode of welcome to night vale mm. which is where it has this song has 2.3 million YouTube views. I don't know if yeah. you're aware of that, Daniel. Because uh, nice, no, yeah. Awesome. I mean, Fran, I'd heard of Welcome to Night Vale. I didn't mm. realize how how big it was, and I didn't realize that. I don't know what it is. It's, it's good that you asked this, Daniel, because I was on the Wikipedia page only today. It's a storytelling podcast set in a fictional town. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's a fictional town of Night Vale. It's like they they talk about fictional news from this fictional town as if it's kind of you know I guess a local radio show or something like that. But part of what okay. they do is that in each episode, they pay a song from an independent artist. So clearly this this must have made its way. But I mean, it's so impressive to go from 720 monthly Spotify listeners to this one song because it was, it was featured in this very popular podcast to have 2.3 million yeah. YouTube views. Yeah. But yeah, I can't believe it's also apparently um, quite big on TikTok too, which is Again, a baffling oh. risk for this kind of music to be on TikTok, um, surrounded by K-pop. But yeah, I mean, people <laughs> say this is called chamber pop. Yes, a, yes. A genre yeah. I've never discovered before. Oh, again, didn't know again, that. Again, yeah, uh, there's uh, Joanna Newsom, kind of like the fragile vocals. The the lyrics are surprising because she mentions about being stoned, uh, which is unexpected and a, a beautiful song like this. Um, I guess it's about, you know, meeting someone for the first time and stealing their heart. Um, I love the uh, the delicate production. It feels like if I sneeze, the whole thing would fall down. Um, Don't it's sneeze, got, Fran. Uh, oh. Don't sneeze. <laughs> Hold it in. <laughs> the out, the out. I love the 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 cello outro. is so melodic. Um, it's so soothing, and it's. I mean, this isn't the sort of music I would uh, seek out. Um, but I'm a big fan of like film soundtracks, and yeah, if I heard this uh, on a film, I definitely would be on board. And I think it's it's rather beautiful. And sometimes her that sort of vocal can great because I'm not a big fan of like Joanna Newsom. I find her vocal kind of annoying, but this isn't annoying. This uh, her voice creates like a an atmosphere. There's also some like an underlining darkness as well, which stops it from being too sweet. Um, a bit like you no know, Rise and Shine was too sweet. This is sweet, but has some sort of sinister background to it. Maybe this helps me like it so for me it is a bop <laughs> nice i also wrote and I, I mean i wrote this elsewhere and yeah maybe again you guys can inform me on this because it's not so much my area to me it also reminded me of amanda palmer and jill tracy who we, mm -hmm. we talked about on a previous there's yeah i don't know who they are 
So Amanda Palmer is the is she the singer of the Dresden Dolls? Yeah, and pianist singer in Dresden Dolls. This is a a duo uh, that's a drummer and and a pianist, and they do sort of like cabaret theatrical sort okay. of like indie pop. She's a very cult sort of like uh, theatrical singer from the noughties, and she's uh, married to Neil Gaynor, the author. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, and yeah, Jill Tracy. So very. Fragile but powerful female vocal with minimal instrumentation that Mm. really creates an atmosphere. And Mm, I think on other songs, this sounded like modern classical music to me, as does, Mm. I think, Jill Tracy and Amanda Palmer sometimes. So to your next track, Daniel. Uh, Next up, we have My Mother. And I wrote LSD-ish, trippy, beautiful. It says, ah, 146, fun to pull in a part of the Beatles, all the lonely people in the end. Uh, Yeah, and bigger production fits this track well. Interesting vocal acrobatics, off-pitch singing is great. Kate Bush vibe, chills. And and chills for me, if I get chills from something, that's the highest Mm. grade music can can produce for me. Uh, So yeah, that's just... Uh, automatically nine or ten out of ten. So, so I was going to ask. It's a super bop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Babs. Uh, so this was much more up my street. Even though I I needed several listens to get my head around it because it's kind of like five different songs in one. Because yeah, the beginning really sounds like modern classical music. There's this jarring piano. Then it leads into a more traditional, you know, normal piano-led song with some soaring strings. But then there's like a piano and pizzicato violin section and then she's just vocalizing then she's singing Eleanor Rigby oh my god so much going on um I to be honest I think I've listened to it four times I still nice. haven't got the the measure of it but um yeah I I really enjoyed this and I was I was kind of glad that it went into this direction because yeah let's say yeah Amanda Palmer Jill Tracy vibes are not like like with Fran it's it's not music that I automatically mm. seek out and I, I have to say Daniel I think knowing I, I know Escobar not not as not as well as Fran I think so I was wondering like oh is it gonna and not be- as well as me I hope <laughs> <laughs> well with Fran, Fran you know like uh, okay yeah this is the Escobar quiz no, no it's not <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> but uh but yeah, I was like again this this might not be automatically what kind of music I listen to, but this is definitely something I would come back to. This is from their second album, Staring Someone Like You, and unfortunately, I don't know if this is the same production for that uh, album. See, I've got that it's from my mother EP, 2006, uh, so maybe well, it's guess, from both. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I guess the EP would come maybe before the album, but like, yeah, mm. this is my favourite song um, off, mm. the, uh, off the playlist. Um, yeah, again, Kate cool. Bush vibes. I love how she starts using her her uh, voice as an instrument like she goes my mother and people i mean i yeah. sound like I mean, a ghost um <laughs> it'd be interesting to hear this with a, a full production like with maybe uh more strings like an orchestra um i'm always i like the big sound <laughs> um, that's what i like um yeah the lyrics is about her her mother searching for her heart again when um, she yeah. finds it in 2006. I don't know what it's about. Yeah. Um, it's weirdly beautiful. It's theatrical. It's dark. I loved it. And I'm going to say, super a bop. Hello. Me too. Yeah. Well Definitely. done. Yeah. What a, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I really, I was surprised by this after, after the first track, I must say. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm really drawn to like uh, the small production stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I heard the uh, latest song, I guess, what, was it Dog Eat Dog or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that? And uh, it wasn't really for me. Um, 
and there I felt the production was a little bit too big for my taste. But on ma my mother, I think it's, uh, I think it's, yeah, for me it's just perfect. Um, the size of the the feeling of the whole production. Ha have so. you heard this whole album, Daniel? Remember? I have no, no? clue. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. Oh wait, is it from the uh, second, yeah, second album? Yeah. With like a weird drawing yeah. on the front cover. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I I have those albums. Uh, I have two of the albums. I think maybe there are only how many were there? Three. Yes, I think so. So far. Yeah, I've listened to two of them. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard, and I have them on like MP3 songs from back in the oh. day. Uh, so it doesn't even say the titles, so I had to Shazam the titles <laughs> while I was listening to. It. I was like, I like this one. It's like Shazam. It's like. <laughs> and then send it to you. <laughs> Don't hate me, but as a poor teenager, I then had to discover your other music from LimeWire. <laughs> because I hell? couldn't find music in England, so... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> so I'd, I'd find, like, your... I didn't know what was a B-side and what was an A-side, and, you know, it's just all the same. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah, I, uh, I... Yeah, to me, the whole, the whole uh, downloading thing is just... It was just too much freedom. I loved it too much to be able to say that it was like a bad thing. Of course, yeah. as a musician wanting to, you know, be paid for what we do, all those things, it, it was terrible. But I mean, I enjoyed so much just being able to discover music and yeah. It's very difficult, it just... isn't it? Because it just makes music so much more accessible, you know, music in yeah, genres. So much better. And of nationalities that you'd never hear. Mm. Exactly. It, it can work because obviously, you know, by discovering Escobar on LimeWire, when I went to Sweden, I then bought all of her albums. So yeah, oh, nice. so it worked. And then you got to make a fan somewhere where he would never have discovered Escobar because I couldn't find your albums anywhere in the UK, unfortunately. So yeah, of course. And I think, uh, yeah, I just love music too much to be like, you know, like, well, it shouldn't be happening. And also, I mean, I've never been a person who tries to like stop a train that's going to run me over anyway. So it's like, you know. <laughs> This is taking over, whatever. So, track three. Track three. I've written down very little about this one, uh, but uh, it's called Just Like You. Uh, I had to shazam the title because, again, I only had it on my uh, MP3 list. And uh, I wrote, love the country like strings uh, because it's dark. So I, I wrote, like it was like death country, horror country, amazingly beautiful. Yeah, that's all I wrote. <laughs> so yeah, so we had the Cardigans doing their country song, and now we have Bettany with a, a country kind of twist. Her voice, I think, yeah. is less cutesy uh, on this track than other songs. Yeah, it's got more of an Americana influence. It's got a, an off-kilter cello sound. Um, again, we've got uh, her singing about uh, uh, you need to drink or something to uh, to be just like a flower <laughs> or something. Yeah, I think she's been. Uh, I think she's a sober alcoholic. Oh, I see. Well. So this is like two thousand and two. So it's just twenty years ago. Mm. Yeah, it's like a. It sounds a bit like a traditional folk song. Uh, quite different. Uh, not as good as the previous song, but I didn't hate it. Perhaps. Mm. Cool. So very similar notes to you, apart from the fact that I did prefer it. Well, I, 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 I no, I, I, my mother is, I think, is still better, but I, I preferred it to closer for sure. Uh, and I wrote exactly that. That's why I was kind of nodding in agreement. I wrote, I like how the leading strings are making a country guitar sound, but here it sounds so much cooler. It's just mm. strings and accordion and her voice. Very dramatic start, very dramatic ending. What an atmosphere. Really liked it. Nice. Bop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm surprised. I'm surprised how much we're agreeing on this, uh, on this one. 
<laughs> I think Closer was my least favourite. Mm. So, so only good from here on out. <laughs> nice. So what's next, please? Uh, next is uh, Lake. Uh, love this song so much. Uh, I wrote, so cinematic. Perfect for a Nordic thriller with a foggy lake. Uh, love the pronunciation of care. She says, care or something. <laughs> I wrote down in Swedish, K-Y and then the A with the two dots over it, which is E and then double R. I don't remember what she sings. I, I don't care or something like that. I know she sings about floating in the middle of a lake a lot, but that's what I remember. Exactly. And I wrote incredibly beautiful. The stand-up bass, uh, double bass, uh, is amazing in its rhythm. Uh, there's some doom, 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 doom. I love that. Uh, love the dynamic uptick in the chorus. And off-pitch singing, which I again like. Do you enjoy hearing a Swedish accent in a voice? Or rather than a Swedish person maybe singing an American kind of accent? What, what do you prefer? Ooh, uh... Some I I uh, dislike. Some people when they sing in when it sounds more Swedish, I think is it if it's slightly off, mm. I don't like it. If it's very off, I like it because then it becomes more of a personality thing for me. It's not like they're not really trying to be like, hey man, how are you? You know, they're more like, you know, they're just going with yes today I'm a Swedish person. You know, it's more. Like that. So I love that. And I really love when people sing with like terrible English accents from other countries, especially. I love that. I can't think of any Swedish band singing in a Cockney accent. That would be interesting. Oh, 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 oh. You know, we uh, used to love Oasis and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, early on, we, we our songs sounded a bit like that. And uh, yeah, it was very Liam Gall Gallagherish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, I was singing like, we had a song, one song was like, uh, something, I'm going to push you over, knock you over or something, push you over or whatever it was. And I was like, going to push you over. <laughs> you know, like that. So. I think even people, even British people, not from Manchester, probably yeah. there was a period where they're just like, well, Manchester's cool now. We're going to do a Northern English accent. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Whatever works. And the, the funny thing is with both uh, Liam and um, what's his name? The Smiths, Morrissey. I hated their voices the first time I heard them. Absolutely hated them. And then I turned around and I started loving them. So, you know. Yeah, well, uh, Daniel, Oasis was our first episode and I, I really don't like them, I'm afraid. But uh, that's a story for another time. It is what it is. It One is of my favourites. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. underrated band on that episode was Shed 7. Remember oh, them? I remember uh, them. There we go. I'm more of a of Shed course, 7. Yeah. yeah. I'm Definitely going too. for gold or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> any, any day of the week over Oasis. Yeah. I'm glad Shed 7 have made it to Sweden. That has made me very happy. Because I'm always, yeah, I'm always rooting for them as my underdog uh, Britpop band. Ah, nice. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I was caught up in Oasis. Just love them, still do. And uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I like so many different things. Did, it's just, I don't know. To me, 
I don't know. I love the attitude since I was uh, sort of uh, in love with myself as well. So I thought like, hey, these guys get That's it. maybe why. And yeah. See, that's I, I thought they were arrogant pricks and that's why I didn't like exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. And I love it because I was as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, probably, I don't think but... you are, Daniel, from, uh, from this conversation. No, I, I'm I, enjoying I, this. I'm... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Did you get to, I've come around. Did you get to steal a can of fosters from Oasis or not? No. No, we didn't. My guitar player and Noel were sharing cigarettes and talking at one point. Uh, someone stomped on my guitarist Frederick's toe. I think that might have been Liam. Oh, that's, not, that's a claim. It's uh, a claim to fame. Yeah, it is. But, yeah. I just absolutely love how the smallest... like You, Daniel, I think you should do a podcast called Daniel's Rock and Roll Stories, because the, the, the amount <laughs> we're getting out here, I'm sure people would love to listen to this. You can't remember a band's name, but you can remember the cigarettes and the... And the, and the brand of the exactly. spirit you stole from Mono. I mean, that's the important stuff, right? Yeah, you know what you should have said, Fran? You should have said cigarettes and alcohol. Oh. <laughs> okay, but anyway, but Fran, what do you think about Lake? <laughs> So um, it turns out I'm a big fan of songs with a lake in the title. Oh, nice. Because the band James have a B-side called The Lake. It's fucking brilliant. The Cooper Temple the, the Cooper Temple Claws have a song called The Lake. And now The Tiny have a song called The Lake. And aren't they all three? Um, it's nice. got a brilliant shadow riff. It sounds unfamiliar. Again, I would like to hear this with maybe a bigger orchestra. It reminds me of Bat Flashes. Do you know that reference? Mm. Mm, yeah. Love Bat Flashes. Yeah. Again, it's... yeah and, and, and you know why I love her so much she's got a song called daniel she's someone who i had to come around to uh because mm. i saw her supporting oh. radiohead when they did a um a gig at victoria park and i was like radiohead were my band when i was a teenager yeah but i only got to see them you know years later and she was the support mm. act and she was this kind of hippie lady and i was like ah go away i don't i don't want to see you hippie lady i want radiohead but actually when, yeah. when daniel came out i was like oh hang on there's a there's a side yeah, to her I haven't seen and uh... such a good mm. song. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Yeah, I really like this song. Babs. Yeah, I, this is where I wrote Bjork. For me, the beginning sounded uh, especially like mm. Bjork, and I I quite liked. I've called it the twinkly keyboard here because I think what's interesting about the tiny is. On some of their songs, you, the strings really are quite front and center, but yeah. sometimes it's a bit dominating. It, it, sometimes in a good way. Sometimes... They are dominating, and, yeah. and that yeah, I like that. But you're absolutely right; they are. Whereas here, you know, they've put the keyboard a bit more front and center, mm -hmm. and it, it works really well. It still creates that very nice atmosphere. It's a different direction, you know. I, I do think their songs, oh, at least on this playlist, do fall. Chamber pop, I think, is a nice kind of categorization, but they are all quite different you know there's there's always a different um selection and, and use of instruments and I, I really like the keyboard and I, I again I really like her vocalizing at the end she's very good mm. as you said Fran of at using her voice as an instrument so so yeah I like I like this one as well maybe more a bop than a super bop but uh but yeah still a bop I, I have a question so there's no percussion in these songs do you think some of them would have been better with a bit of percussion behind maybe or do you like them being more sparse mm. I, I, I think I like the sparse mm -hmm. because, like I said, I think, you know, on a song like, you know, Don't, the violin does enough to, for kind of for everyone, I think, right? And uh, and here I quite like the, the twinkly keyboard, as I've called it. So, but again, I think so much of it is down to how is this life? 
have you seen the tiny life daniel because i imagine it's quite an experience oh yeah 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 oh yeah we've uh we've played with them uh they have supported us on oh, okay. shows and I, i've seen them live i think quite a few times in small clubs and mm -hmm. it's amazing oh, you know right. when there's like you know when everybody's so quiet in the room so it's like the the tiniest the little haha tiniest <laughs> the tiniest little thing on the like the cello like and there's like completely i'm getting chills now when i'm thinking about it so yeah so let's move on to your final track yeah, I wrote very little about this one. It's called Don't. I said the chorus melody is everything in this one. The verse is okay. And then I wrote chills from the chorus. And I also wrote Stina Nordenstam vocals here. Uh, Stina Nordenstam, I don't know if you know her, but yeah, uh, I love her voice. And it's very childlike once again. Uh, so yeah, that's what I wrote about it. Um, Nina Pearson says that she was influenced by her as well in some songs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Stina Nordenstam has been an inspiration to a lot of like indie folks um, in Sweden. So yeah, uh, Babs. Um, I think this might be my favorite song more than more than my mother. Oh nice. And I again very similar to you, Daniel. I wrote that the verses are very sparse and menacing, but the violin and the chorus add some warmth, and I really like that difference mm. between the verses and chorus back and forth. Nice. Uh, apart from that, I've just wrote, written, ooh, a moody, a dramatic start, because I listened to this after Just just Like You. I really haven't written more than that. Um, I was trying to figure out whether it's a cover version, because when I was looking, trying to find the lyrics, it said mm. written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoner, who wrote for Elvis, and Elvis has a mm. song called Don't, but then I went and listened to that, and I was like, no, this, <laughs> this definitely isn't oh. it. But uh, Yeah, I had, yeah. I had no clue about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like this song. I found the the top line kind of uh, out of odds with the uh, cello. It's a uh, mm. more uncomfortable listen. As mean like like it's not doesn't go how you think it it will go. Um, it's mm. it's a more of an angry lyric, a bit more spiteful. Is it written maybe to that's, an, maybe that's an why I like lover? It. It's not twee. <laughs> yeah, it's got the gentle piano, unsettling uh, cello. Um, but yeah, I, I I still think that my mother does it for me. But yeah, again another. Another another bop and uh, yeah, I was I was surprised because when you played this on on your YouTube, I was not yeah. I was not for some reason I was not expecting this. I thought when you said this is your favorite Swedish band of all time, I thought it be mm. it might be like a more of an indie pop band. Yeah. Oh. I was like, oh yeah, wow, yeah. this is, yeah. I think you chose the lake, which is like a seven minute. Um, yeah. I was like, oh I wow, I was not expecting that. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a shock. And now but now I've like let the music settle in. I yeah I, mm. I can see why you, you, you're a big fan and uh, yeah it's it's mm. a shame that very few people have heard more than just that one song um, yeah. but yeah I mean I mean if they, if they get less than a thousand plays a month I mean you can't get more underrated than that can you really <laughs> yeah as if it's a, if it's quality which I really think it is then yes I agree it's underrated uh, Babs. But yeah, I mean, could it could it be that because I mean, this is not, this is a sound I really associate with the US. I mean, we've talked about Kate, Kate Bush and Bjork. I would not associate this with Swedish music at all because with Sweden, I think of modern pop in any era or kind of, yeah, in mm -hmm. indie rock or rock. So could it be that because it's not what people from other countries expect from Sweden, that might be why they're, they're underrated? You know, I, as I said, the things that Franz sent to me, they're in French. And I was also surprised mm. because I'm like, is this something that French people have an appetite for? Anyway, uh, yeah, 100% underrated. Like I said, for me, it's for me, it's really modern classical music. 
in parts mm, and not nice. in a in an unlistenable certain i don't know steve reich no, or philip you. like philip glass kind of like oh god this is this is too much and uh, yeah. i i think when when a band uh when i like songs by a band in a genre that i don't particularly listen to of course that's going to be underrated in my book and yeah as you said friend under a thousand listens that is shameful people go and listen to the tiny this, this is the band which, which, which would fit onto um six music's playlist mm. for me personally they do like this kind of you know uh unexpected kind of like tree dark indie so i wonder if uh yeah a dj needs to be introduced to the tiny so they can give them some more exposure uh daniel do, do many people you know in sweden like the band are they more your own personal secret or are they well known amongst your other peers I don't know. I don't think they're very known in Sweden either, actually. Uh, I mean, definitely not mainstream. Absolutely not. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I don't think. As far as I'm aware, no, no. So you wouldn't ever see them really on tour or anything? I guess this is like 20 years ago, isn't it, when they first sort of came out? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I act- I haven't been like keeping up with what they're doing uh, you know, since back then. Uh, except for finding the song then Dog Eat Dog. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really don't know. But, uh, yeah, as far as I'm aware, I don't think they're... Uh, I mean, they're not on TV. As far as I'm aware, on the radio, I don't think either. So, yeah. There's a little, a little cottage industry, I guess, uh, just doing it for themselves. But, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks again for introducing us to a band I've never or fucking heard. I mean, I had to ask Daniel personally to send me some of the songs. That's how hard it was for me to get hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you thank you for having me um so uh we would ask uh, our guests uh if they want to promote anything you've, you've mentioned your youtube clip but how can they find how can our, our fans find you on social media or on youtube or um uh i guess uh my band escobar um i don't maybe it's just called escobar or escobar official i don't know on youtube where we have like all our albums uh all songs so you can find everything we've ever released there almost yeah i think everything and uh yeah I, my instagram is just daniel belquist daniel belquist uh and uh my youtube channel is called danny the swedish musician and musician with an X to be super special. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of wanted to ask you about that. But, uh, yeah, I think you've answered my question. <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, it was just to, you know, I was writing it down and it just looked boring. And I was like, yeah, Wait, were you inspired in by uh, Dennis Lixon, perhaps? <laughs> Another Swedish uh, with an X. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not, because I remember he said something negative about our band on TV back in the day, so yeah. Bringing up Swedish beef (laughs) right at the end. (laughs) No, no, there's no beef, but yeah, he said something, I don't remember what he said. It was something, it was supposed to be sort of a diss, but uh, we kind of agreed, so yeah. Listen, guys. I don't remember what it was. You know, I I, I will hold my hands up and and say, I don't know much of Escobar, but someone new is a banger, and I'm sure Fran, when he does the intro-outro, will uh, point to a lot more songs that people can listen to by Escobar. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I, was, I was very lucky because like, when Britpop was dying out and uh, the Americans were coming over with uh, Limp Bizkit uh, mm. and Sum 41, 
I found uh, a secret stash of indie music in Sweden, and so uh, I discovered all these bands like The Ark and Escobar and Border Daniel and Hacken Hellstrom. I was like, oh my god, I found my own secret stash of these amazing, of this amazing music. Yeah, thank you for for saving me from new metal for about five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, uh, I like uh, what's it called, Rolling by Limp. Listen. I was literally about to say, Limp Bizkit and Sum 41 have some good songs. I'm sorry. It's 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 a fact. But uh, yeah, Babs, do you have any final thoughts on Sweden? I mean, yeah, I, I love a lot of Swedish music. Um, my, my entry into Sweden, I think, was a, a bit more The Hives because I'm a bit uh, younger than New Fran. And that, that was the band that made me explore. And uh, And yeah, I think, yeah, I'd like to thank Daniel again because you, you think you know you know more of what's going on in Sweden and, and you know I, I'm a I'm a Europhile like Fran and a, a Swedophile and I very often will dip into kind of Sweden playlists especially kind of indie rock but yeah you've brought us a band that we didn't know at all and, and gave us an opportunity to talk about Escobar as well which is really nice so thank you yeah yay and this is yeah this is Sweden part two because previously we did ABBA versus Kent so mm. will we return for a third part later I hope on? so <laughs> but until then, uh hey door. Tschüss and tack. Bye bye. Bye. And that is the end. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and thanks to Daniel for being a wonderful guest and some brilliant showbiz stories. Give us a follow, share with friends, subscribe. If you want to reach out and talk to us, we are on social media. We are on Twitter for the time being at OU Music Pod. Instagram at overunderratedmusicpod and you can even email us at overunderratedmusicpod at gmail.com This is the last episode of this season although we may have a secret Christmas time special so look out for us in the new year where we will have lots of new guests lots of new podcasts and lots of music for you to check out Hey door. <laughs>